Good morning, everyone. So I thought of what to share for today. And as always, the table, it's, it's really uh, something very simple at its essence, at its heart. So I thought of all the ways, or what, what, the, what does the table mean to me? What does it symbolize for me? And it's an invitation. It's an invitation with life that is on offer. And Jesus' call said in Scripture, remember me, remember me. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Remember John the Baptist, he, when he saw Jesus coming to the Jordan River. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The, and the Lamb, God's sacrifice. He did it for me and he did it for you. For the joy set before him. And he was moved by compassion. If you look in scripture, whenever Jesus operated in his ministry, it was with compassion. He had compassion on us. And he calls us to follow him on this wonderful journey. He's the good shepherd. He leads me beside still waters and green pastures. His burden is light. And his yoke is easy. But he does call me to deny myself. To take up my cross and follow him. So it's an invitation and a call. And this table is always present. It's always available for us. And he looks at our heart. So for those of, those of you, for those of us that feel that we're not worthy, Jesus tells this parable. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. So it's a call to all of us to come as we are. And this common theme is remember me. When you do this, remember me. So I'm just going to read you some scripture from Mark, from the Passion Translation, and I'll read to you this um, summary of the of the scripture, and I guess the title is Jesus on the Two Mountains. After six days, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. And Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered, for he was transfigured before their very eyes. His clothing sparkled and became glistening white, 
whiter than any bleach in the world could make them. And then suddenly right in front of them, Moses and Elijah appeared and they spoke with Jesus. Peter blurted out, beautiful teacher, this is so amazing to see the three of you together. Why don't we stay here and set up three shelters? One for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. For all the disciples were in total fear and Peter didn't have a clue what to say. Just then, a radiant cloud began to spread over them, enveloping them all. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, This is my dearly loved son. Always listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, the disciples saw only Jesus, for Moses and Elijah had faded away. And this is what the translation has to say. There were two mountains in the life of Jesus that focused on his true identity and mission. On this mountain, his face shone bright as the sun. Yet on Mount Calvary, his face was beaten to a pulp. On this mountain, his clothing was glistening white. Yet on Mount Calvary, his clothing was taken from him and he was bleeding crimson. On this mountain, he had at his side two of the greatest men ever to live, Moses and Elijah. Yet on Mount Calvary, he had at his side two murderers. On this mountain, the glory of God overshadowed him. Yet on Mount Calvary, he was alone, forsaken in the dark. On this mountain we hear the Father's voice of commendation, yet on Calvary's mountain the Father was silent. How beautiful was Jesus on both mountains. So this is an invitation to all of us. Greetings everyone in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But before I share about this, today I came with someone very special. Obed, my hubby, can you just stand up? <laughs> so, uh, thank you for the opportunity, Mfundis. Um, we, we going beginning of September, we're smuggling some Bibles to Asia, but we say we're smuggling bread. <laughs> Trying to use some code. So this is a tent making uh, ministry. I make these heads. And he is also helping me. So you can just buy. So rands are welcome and dollars are welcome. You can do a e-wallet or EFT. But <laughs> and the, the guest towels are only 65 rands. But just beyond just helping me fundraise, what I will really request more is your prayers that the Lord will cover us so that even in the customs, his glory will just hide those Bibles and we go through. Thank you so much for this. Can I also extend an invitation? We are having a women's conference on the 9th of August at Blue Lagoon Conference Center. So if you need some more information, you can contact Mam Fundis or Mam Fundis Pagat. They have all the details. God bless you. Thank you. 
Uh, I pondered on last week, uh, and a couple of things came to me. One of them was that when uh, he got onto the steps in front of everybody and prayed, if you remember the story, he first of all acknowledged who he was praying to. Then he set out what the problem was as he saw it, knowing that he would do something about it. And I wondered how many times we start a prayer off by saying, God, I need. We're trying to give him the answer instead of acknowledging who he is and what our problem was. Because he comes back with an answer that you've got no idea. I mean, who would have thought that they would have killed each other? They didn't even have to go into battle. You know, they might have thought what we're going to ask God for is the power to beat them, the tools to beat them, the weapons to beat them. But God didn't do that. He didn't even need them. So when we pray, just lay it out. Tell him what it is that you've got as you see it. Because he sees it another way sometimes as well. You believe this is the problem. Don't try and tell him what to do because you've got no idea how he's going to do it. Because many of us, I'm sure, have got a, a, a story about how you had a problem and it was solved in a way that you never even dreamt of. He saw it a different way. Then the other thing I I got when pondering on it as well was the Israelites, again in the desert. I shared that that one time when breaking bread about how they were going through. That they were complaining about tomorrow. And how many of us in prayer again worry about tomorrow. Is the manna going to come? Is the water going to come? But we don't know about tomorrow. We can only live today. So that's what we need to pray about and concentrate on is today. Tomorrow, as the old saying, never comes. So it's never going to come anyway. So whatever you're projecting for tomorrow is wasted because you never know what's going to come tomorrow. Live for today. Live in the love of God today. That's what I got. Good morning. I don't know how this is going to come out, but... Do you remember an old movie a long time ago? Um, definitely not a Christian movie, but it was called Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Do you remember that? <laughs> Amazing how many things they can take from one place and put to another. But anyway, that's what it was called. But at the beginning of the movie, the whole thing is there's this crazy band of whoever, English army, I don't know what, Um, searching for the Holy Grail, but they have to sort of joust against each castle that they come across, you know. So they have to try to think, maybe it's there, you know. And so they, um, the movie starts with, you can hear horses. Do you remember? You know what horses sound like? Da-da-dun, 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 da-da-dun. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you can hear this clip-clop, you know, da-da-da, da-da-da, and there's a big green hill, and you hear this da 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 And then at the top of the hill, you begin to see men in helmets, you know, with these sort of feathers or whatever they are kind of flying. Da-da-da-da-da. You see a little bit more of them and more. And then you realize they're actually riding these children's kind of pogo stick kind of things. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a stick with a horse's head. And they're holding the reins and they're going, da 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 you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, there's so many messages in that stupid movie. 
but anyway, they come up against the, can- the castles every time. Come up against the castle. And it's like, lower the bridge. You know, lower the drawbridge. And all the people at the top <laughs> go, we're going to spit at you. Who are you? <laughs> you know, the one guy says, I will blow my nose at you. You know, it's just stupid. It's like, and, and, and they do a few things. And then all this, this whole army that's come up, on their little clip-clop horses, go, you know, charge! And then it's like, I'll spit at you. And they go, run away, run away. And they turn around and they run away. And, and every castle they come to, that's it. It's like, yeah! And then it's, run away, run away. Well, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I mean, this is my life at the moment. And uh, I, was, I was talking some a chap the other day who um, has is very close to coming to Christ. Not quite there yet, but just there. But he knows, uh, he believes in God. He knows that God's got control of everything. And, and he, he sort of said to me, you know, I just don't, I'm quite, not quite sort of sure how to do this today because... You know, before, it's been a nice theory. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's a good idea, you know, that God's around and powerful. But but it's much different now than actually saying, okay, now it's to actually trust him, you know, every every day. Um, And and it's not just like, I can go and every day, da-da-da. But it's like something happens and it's like, oh, no. I'm like, life is going, I'll spit at you, Eileen. And Eileen's going, run away. You know, really, really. Um, I never thought that it would be this difficult. I never thought it would be this difficult. I never, the reality, the reality of actually saying, okay, um, okay, Lord, I trust you. You know, I trust you to tell me the right thing to do because I am, I was going to say famous, I'm infamous for doing the wrong thing. You know, I have an ending ability to do the wrong thing. But it's that sort of, that kind of, that kind of crossover from a good idea, you know, from it sounds really great, it's almost the philosophy it sounds really good into actually living faith, moment by moment, every day, every day. Um, I think I know what to do sometimes, and it, I don't. I really don't. The other thing is, from that same movie, and I don't know why, because I haven't seen that movie for years, but in that movie, they, they come across the Black Knight. Do you remember? They want to cross a bridge, and there's a Black Knight that's guarding the bridge, and so he won't let him. They know you will have to, we're going to have to fight a battle. And so, it, I mean, amongst all the nutty sayings that go on, they're going to now fight a battle. And so Sir Galahad or whoever he is that's leading the charge, he says, okay, fine, I'll fight you. So he fights this black knight, and there goes the guy's arm. So he says, so give up, you know, surrender. We're going to cross the bridge. The guy says, no, I'll fight you with my other arm. And so he fights him, and whack, the, that arm goes. So he's like... So give, give up, you know, so give up. No, no, you're not going to give up. You know, his sword's down, but he will kick him. 
You know, I will kick you. So it's a, and it goes on and on and on and on and on until it's just his head. You know, that's it. Everything else of him is gone. It's just his head on the ground. And, and he goes, so, I mean, give up. He says, I will bite you. I will bite you with my teeth. You know, and it's, you know, it's just, it's so funny. That, that's me. That's that resistance that just sort of goes, you know, I can still do it. You know, I can still do it. And I can't. I actually can't. I can't. What I can do really well is mess up. Uh, yeah. So I'm not quite sure whether it fits in there uh, or not. But that reality, the reality, the reality of saying, okay, God, every day I'm your child. You know, every day. I don't have to do this on my own. Every day. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think you've got five hours to relax. Because <laughs> I've got so much to tell. I hope you got your lunchbox with you. It's been a, a journey. Most of you, you know me as a pastor, but some, I just don't do pastor as well. I've got a business on the side, which is we, we're doing bees. So we, we go and call it bees. And when we keep bees, and so I'm doing interesting things besides of talking on the side. But it's been an amazing week um, of sometimes where pastoring, it's just following me even I'm running away. Like I'm doing a bees thing. I'm bees with bees. And, and, and the Lord just came and said, because I've called you as a pastor, I want actually don't run away the pastoral job. You'll find it wherever you go. So we had an opportunity to go down because we leave the boxes of bees and then we maintain it just like after three months to check it. Some people, and especially the Muslim guys in Chaswet, they like to have their, like, their bees so they can have a proper honey so they can pray for it because they don't want to go the one in the shop which is not been prayed. So this guy called us, and then he said, want to keep the bees on the yard? Oh, sure, no problem. And we, 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 we did do everything for him, and then he said, all I need from you every time when is to have us the honey, I want you to take it home, put it in a bottle, and give it to us, and then we'll pray for it. And I'm thinking, ish, How can I compromise that? But I read the scripture other time. I think it was Daniel too. Daniel had to go to interpret the dreams for this horrible king. And he got the job because he listened to God. And then he did it. And God was revealed on that dirty job that he had to do. Interpret the dreams of that horrible man. And God was revealed on that situation. So I, I took the, the good respect. I told my, the partner who I'm with on this piece, I said, yeah, let's do this. And it was a time to have us the honey, and then we took it home. By the way, my wife does not like anything to do with bees. 
So I'm not doing it at home anymore. I'm doing it at my backyard at Ambo. So, so she said, take these bees away. I don't need them. <laughs> so, and we had the honey. And we put it on a bottle. I look at my friend. I said, these people, they're going to pray for this. And why are we not praying for it? For ourselves. Before we gave it to them. I said, you're crazy. <laughs> We're going to lose the business. Because these guys, they want to pray for the honey. It's Muslims. They want it to be hala. I said, we have our hala as well. Who is Jesus Christ? Let's pray for it. We pray. We said, Lord, whoever will be eating this honey, we pray that they will find you. We prayed all sort of prayers. Man, I was laughing on the floor with the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah! <laughs> I'm praying. So you're not doing any much job, but I'm saying I'm praying. I pray and I pray. And we deliver the honey. On that side of me, I'm laughing. I'm like, hey, you guys... To see who's going to be at our bigger God here. Yeah. I have all sort of things in my head. You know, like, don't play around with the people from the restaurant, okay, guys? Because they split your food. <laughs> I had the same imagination, you know, like, if you naughty, at behind, and then they're like, <clears throat> but for me, it was like, I want to see God coming out here. I want to trust him and then I want to be able to see that he can do big things. So we deliver the honey and the guys look at us and it's like, oh, thank you. Um, they take it and they give us our money. And randomly some lady from that family came to me, started to be interested to know about the bees. So I told them uh, the whole story about bees And then at the end, I said, look at God. God is a creator. God is amazing. I want to trust him. That little thing, it's got a teaspoon of honey to fill this bottle. One, they are working together. It's amazing what God has created. So I shared the story of creation. And then I said, can we look at the book of Genesis? And then I look at the book of Genesis with this lady. She started busting in tears. And they come, their sons now, with those Muslims' heads and everything. And then I'm thinking, I'm not going to go away in Chaswet. I'm going to lose the business because every time we're depending on the business, but our faith is in Christ. And this is the one that provide. So, and my friend is like, Zolana told you, you're going to cause a problem. And the Muslim guy said, what have you done to my mom? And there's this part of me don't want to tell the truth because I'm scared. <laughs> but I said, I remember reading Daniel as well. I said, we're not going to bow to these people. But we're going to actually say our God is amazing. So I, I said, you know, we told him about the creation. I, I said the same story. I said, can you look at that? And the guy passed into two tears as well. Yeah. And they said they want to know more. And then I tell them about my Jesus. Wow. I tell them about my story. 
And they say they want to give their life to Jesus. It was a very tearful moment. Because I'm thinking, I'm a small giant to this big giant. But when we have Christ in you, that's not going to be the way. So we had a chat and I prayed for them. My friend is like, he's joining in now, he's got confidence. (laughs) Praying for them. They bring all their children. There's a study party going on. And then I said, I'm afraid that they want to come to my church. I said, my church is in Gilead. And they said, ah, we don't want to travel all the way. But I said, I've got a friend of mine here in Chastworth, which is Galvin from Vineyard. I can send you to do that church. There's a number. And they phoned them. And my friend told me, they came in. And the funniest part, he said, another trouble coming. So I'm getting Muslims coming in my church. <laughs> The middle of that story for me, we needed to trust him. And we never actually be ashamed of the gospel because we compromise so much. It's either we're not going to trust God or we're going to actually fully depending on him as Christians. So I allow you this time don't take a grant for granted your prayers. Pray when the situation does not look it's going to be okay. But pray. Amen. Amen. Um, my family have been very worried about me. And saying mother must go to her home. And they were adamant. All three of my kids in Australia. Uh, you've got to look for a home. Mom, I didn't, didn't want to go to a home. But I prayed and I said, Lord, your will be done. And we went and looked with one of my sons for a home for me. And I thought, oh, um, I'm not, I, I don't feel that, that God wants me here at, at this place. And I waited and waited until I... God has caused a miracle. A lady has, uh, is wanting to rent my whole house, turn it into an old age home. I will have my own bedroom um, wow. and, and a, a white nurse to look after me. Wonderful. (laughs) Can you imagine a a white lady walking after me day by day? I'm sorry for her, actually. But uh, God has just opened up this door. And, And this lady... In five years' time, intends to buy it. So, wonderful. God is undertaken. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Morning, Uh, I just want to share a clip. 
about how the Lord brought me to his kingdom. Uh, when I was growing up, I was interested in a church and was also part of uh, the church. Uh, and the Lord used one lady who was a widow, very young, uh, who lost her husband at a very young age. And there were two of them in my place. And whenever I take anything for alteration to this lady, will do exceptional job that I've asked her to do. And of course, with you know, well, a, a prize, you know, well, uh, uh, you know, well, equal to her, her job. But here is the thing. Every time when I brought something, this lady will always share about the love of God, share the gospel with me every time. But then the other lady who was also a widow, I will take my stuff and she will be quick and from there bring it. But the quality that I'm looking for, it was not there and the price was low. So, and I had to decide to say, hey, I like the quality or that I get from that lady. So I will stick with that lady. But the problem was she always shared the gospel with me every time, every time. <laughs> Now, I remember one day, I, I had no option. I had to sit down and say, oh, but now what I, have, what I have to do today, I have to bring this stuff and to be, uh, to appear very, you know, well, uh, on rush to her to say, please, will you please do this so that I can disappear and go and run away from her giving me the testimony. And after planning that nicely, and the lady said, Modiei, she called her daughter to say, please prepare a tea for me and for my son so that we can enjoy it together. And guess what? While the daughter is still busy preparing a tea, the lady is getting on me with the gospel. Then I said, gee, look at what this lady is doing to me now. <laughs> so the moral of the lesson is this, when I looked back, uh, the Lord you know, well, spoke to me. I came to, to Christ to accept him as my Lord and personal Savior. But what I've learned from this clip is that wherever we are, God has placed us in a very strategic place to be a witness for his kingdom. It doesn't matter. It's not a matter of to bring people to Christ. You have to be the preacher here. No. Wherever you are, even if you are doing a, 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 what you call a lousy job, but God is God is going to use you wherever he has placed you. And number two, what I have learned is that in actually uh, uh, standing for the kingdom of God or sharing the gospel, you might not uh, get uh, results overnight, but don't lose heart, but be patient. Because with this lady, I was not aware that she was busy investing, you know, while sowing the word of God in my life up until that day. And the Lord brought a fruit out of that seed. That this lady was actually sowing into my life. God bless you. So we call to be like a Jehoshaphat. We call to give thanks. We call to walk in Him, to walk in Jesus. And whether it is 
Aline's story. Often when we hear the gospel for the first time, they say this thing, come to Jesus and all your problems will go away. That's not true. Jesus says you'll go through much trouble to enter the kingdom of God. And so sometimes it's tough and sometimes it's hard. And, and every day you and I have to make a choice. And we have to choose Jesus. We have to f- choose to love him with all we have. That's our first call of, the, of, of, of our first duty is to love him with all our heart, soul and mind. To love him. Because as we love him and as we minister to him and uh, he returns that love and, and he blesses us. And then when we coming up against the giants in our lives, we're coming up and we're sharing about uh, the bees, the bee story, Zelani's bee story. And he's a bit in fear and trepidation. Should I, should I be sharing, sharing the, the news, the good news? And sometimes we feel very fearful about that. But let's be bolder. Let's be bolder and trust God. Just, uh, it was such a good story. Pray over. Pray over the honey. So who are you, you business people here today? You, as, as you pray over your products, pray over them. That God would do something. And the gospel would go out. Just as we're standing, Andrew started off by saying that um, Jehoshaphat's prayer was answered in a way that they didn't expect. I mean, who would have thought that three emerging enemies would annihilate one another? And that is what has happened in Athelie's life. Her kids have told her that she needs to go to an old age home and she didn't feel a peace about it. And now look what is happening to her own home that is being turned into one. And she gets to stay in her own room. I mean, Athalie, did you think that the Lord was going to do that? Yay. So, Lord, we thank you for surprises and we thank you for interrupting our lives, Lord. Cause us to be mature enough in you to see you when it is you.